dive straight into some stories that Jesus told. Uh, as we think about vision here, what it is that God is calling us to be and to do as we live for him. Uh, that same day, Matthew records, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's just look at two more stories he tells. Verse 44 in the same chapter. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. A word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for Holy Scripture, your inspired word. It feeds us. It fills our mind, it fills our heart, it shapes our will. Your spirit through your word inspires us and enables us to live. Father, we thank you for Jesus, his storytelling ability and for the truths within the stories. Unpack those truths tonight, Lord. Detonate them in our lives. We want the kingdom of heaven, Lord to explode here on earth, in and through us, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught them many things, verse 3, many things in parables. He taught about the kingdom of heaven. God in Jesus. God in human form. God communicating to men and women in a way that we would understand as a human being in our time, in our place, in our language. And he teaches them about the kingdom of heaven. And, and Matthew 13, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of something of a go-to thing for me when I'm, when, I'm, uh, when I'm, I guess when I'm thinking about vision, when I'm thinking about what are we about, when I'm thinking about what are the priorities that God would have for each of us. Matthew 13, not a bad place to go. All these stories, and if you notice here, he, this is a story about the kingdom. He's telling all sorts of stories. Look at verse 24. Jesus told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. Verse 31, he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. Verse 33, the same. Verse 44 and 45, we've just read, the same. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Once again, verse 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. All sorts of stories he's telling to convey the reality, the truth of what it is to live for God on earth. 
So I, I guess, in a sense, we as uh, St. Dee's people often ask, you know, what's the vision of St. Dee's? Tim, what's your vision? Well, it, it's akin to these stories or the truth within them. That, that we would play our part in seeing heaven played out on earth through our lives. And, and, and Matthew in particular, because um, Matthew, Matthew's audience, Matthew's from a kind of uh, traditional Jewish uh, background, and he's writing to God's people, Israel. He's not ostensibly writing to Gentiles. He's writing to those who, were, who consider themselves to be the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to be God's people with the law and with Torah, with all the prophets, everything. And, and there's a sense as we come to Jesus' time that with all the law and the hope and expectation contained within and yet under Roman occupation, having to pay tax to Caesar, we saw that just a couple of weeks ago, there's a sense of sort of slight weariness, slight sort of, oh gosh, all this sort of imposition, all this obligation. And it's almost as if Jesus senses that. He sees a kind of weariness in spirit and in heart. And he says, guys, can I, can I tell you how it really is? Let me tell you these stories. Let me put it in story form so that your hearts and your soul and your inside can, can, can kind of wrap themselves, be soaked in the truths of these stories. You can live how I'd long for you to live. The kingdom of heaven is like... Dot, 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 dot. I kind of relate to this a little bit. I'm sure you do in your professional lives, all sorts of things. There are, I'm sure there are all sorts of things you have to kind of... You, you, you kind of got to do. There's just the stuff, isn't there? We, um, I, I, the, one of the, Pat, I think, said the other day, is, you know, it's a real privilege to, to serve as a, a vicar and to be a minister. And to, to do this, I love it. But equally, there are various things that can kind of... that, are, that just are... We have, we have someone called an archdeacon, the venerable Stephen Welsh, and I love him dearly. He, he is our archdemon, deacon. <laughs> He's on our side. But, but every three years, the archdeacon, it's his role, his role to conduct a triennial visitation. And, and here's the form that we have to fill in. You, you think, oh, just a, just a little form to fill in. No, it extends to 12 pages of questions we've got to answer on all sorts of aspects to do with running a church. Not just the law of the land, but also canon law, the law of the church. Not just that, because we're a registered charity, so we've got to c- comply with charity commission. At the back here, there's an appendix of all the documents we've got to have ready. We've got to have five documents to do with maintenance, four to do with insurance, one to do with security. Goodness knows how many to do with PCC finances. They're important things. We must pay attention to safeguarding in children, absolutely. But liturgy and ministry, we've got to have all... We've got to have a list of those who are licensed to administer Holy Communion. (laughs) Tempted to feel a little weary, a little weighed down with the kind of imposition. That's why I come back to Matthew 13. Lord, is there there a little bit more to life than triennial visitations? Please, God. (laughs) Please, God, may it be so. And Jesus says, yes. You know, the kingdom, he says, is like, it's like a man. He goes out with one of those metal detectors. And he's just sort of, you know how they do, kind of, and he gets his little spade and he starts digging. He digs, and there's a box, and he opens the box, and there's treasure. Unbelievable treasure. 
You look up a definition of treasure. Treasure is something of such great worth that it will transform your life. If you think about it, that's true. If we, you think you win the lottery, that's the modern equivalent of a box of treasure. Winning the lottery transforms your life. No, you, you never have to worry about the bills. You can pay off the mortgage, you can get a second car, two holidays a year, thank you, and your kids are all taken care of, inheritance, all that. Fan, you win the lottery, you, you find treasure, it transforms your life. So he covers it all up, goes off. How much for that uh, field? He'll pay anything for the field because he knows what's in it. And Jesus says, discovering the kingdom, discovering what life in the kingdom is like, it's like that. It will transform your life. Or the merchant and the pearl, same thing. Or slightly different tack, but same kind of thing, different sort of perspective on the kingdom. It says, from a tiny little start, huge harvest. So uh, there's a story in there, we didn't read it, of, a, of the mustard seed. You've planted it, it becomes the biggest tree. Or this story that we've read here, of a farmer who goes and sows his seed. And there is, there's the very real possibility that the seed in good soil will grow a hundred times what is sown. A tiny little seed. It, it, hope to us all. Jesus isn't saying you've got to sow, you've got to, you've got to start with a bushel of wheat. You've got to start with a whole load of stuff and then maybe, you know, maybe it might incrementally grow a little bit. No, you start with something tiny, tiny. Insignificant. You, you feel your grasp on God or on the kingdom or on heaven is, is tiny or insignificant? Well, what, as small as a seed? Great. Because Jesus is teaching here, you sow it and it hits good soil and it grows a hundred times. In other words, out of all proportion, out of way beyond what you could imagine, way beyond what you can do. God says, no, you sow it in my name and I will multiply it. Well, that helps me when I've got to sit down on Monday morning and fill in forms on visitations. I think, well, at least <laughs> what I'm really meant to be about is, is finding something of such worth that it will transform my life, of, of helping you, of, of us together, finding something of such value that it will forever change us. And it could be really, really small, tiny, but if I sow it, if I invest it, a, a little ability, a tiny conversation, an, an act of kindness, or in some way, tiny, insignificant, but in the right soil, poof, God can expand it for the sake of the kingdom, to change lives. And, and, and that's, that's the kind of vision that keeps me going on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, and so on. Cindy's vision, if we're feeling a little bit weighed down, a little bit imposed upon you in your everyday life at, at work, you, you've got bosses, you've got colleagues, you've got deadlines and demands, emails coming in, all this sort of, all of that, that the pressure and the stress in a, in, a, in a contorted and fractured world that doesn't live by kingdom values. You're trying to live as light in a dark world, salt in a world in decay. And Jesus, Jesus is teaching you these stories. Look for the treasure of the kingdom and, and, and see, do whatever it takes to get hold of it. Sell everything to get hold of it. So, 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 tiny little seeds because some of those, not all, we hear from the power, not all, but some of those seeds will produce a fruit 30, 60, 100 times.
can I just a little, can I do a little straw poll? And again, no shame if you keep your hand down here, okay, with this question. But can I just a quick show of hands up and down? If you have heard the story of, as it's called here in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, if you're familiar with that, quick hand up and down. Great, thank you very much. And, uh, so, so the majority of us, again, no shame if, if this is the first time you've heard it. In fact, I think what I want to say next is I think you're at an advantage. Here's my little beef with the uh, NIV text editors. Because the, um, the, the headings in bold to break up the text, they're not there in the original. They're, they're just there to help us. The original is all one text. And uh, that's quite hard to sort of follow. So the editors break it up and they put little headings. And here's the little heading for this story that Jesus told. The parable of the sower. And I want to argue that I think that's skewed how we read this story. Because I think it's an inaccurate title. I don't think it sums up the story that Jesus told. And as a result, when we come across this as a parable of the kingdom, I think we've got a skewed vision of the kingdom. And maybe a skewed vision of what God wants to do for your life and for my life. A skewed vision of what he wants to do for the church. We think, first of all, that the parable is about the sower. But I think this is a story about seed and soil. Four times Jesus mentions seed sown in that soil, seed sown in that soil, seed sown in that soil, seed sown in that soil. Each time a result. Soil has been trampled down, it's a path. And the birds nick it. Soil in um, seed sown in soil that's hardly got any roots grows up scorched by the sun. Seed that's good in good soil, but so many weeds and so on, it gets choked, and so it dies. Seed in good soil grows 30, 60, 100 times. The story is about seed and soil. In fact, interesting, the sower isn't even mentioned. Come on to that. So the heading is, will we miss the thrust of the story? I don't know, you know, the, the parable of the sower. You, I don't know, those of you who put your hands up, it would be interesting to, where did you first encounter the story? It wouldn't surprise me if it was maybe a Sunday school or an assembly or, and you know, we have this sort of ability to conjure up pictures, the parable of the sower. Oh yeah. I don't know what you picture. The parable of the sower. You see, we, I'm, did we, we're skewed from what Jesus is teaching. Maybe we picture, I, don't know, I kind of picture like a sort of Turner landscape where two-thirds of the canvas is filled with this kind of angry sky of cloud formation. And the rest of it is just this great, huge wasteland of a field. And the tiny dot, a little figure, is bent over against the wind, his cape and his hat, he's got a little basket. It's the sower. And he's scattering seed. <laughs> Maybe some will land on good soil. Who knows? <laughs> Big the sower. And we're focusing on the sower. When Jesus is telling a story about seed. And did you notice? You see, we, again, those of us who are familiar with the story go, yeah, yeah. And I get it, you know, the, the accountants and those of you kind of, that, that kind of brain, they used to drill it all down. There's a one in four chance we'll get, a, we'll get a really good crop. There's the path and the rocky ground and the weeds, but the good soil, one in four. But, I don't know. Yet yeah, the the seed that lands on the path, it, the birds nick it, fine. But the seed that lands on rocky ground, it grows. And the seed that lands in the, the soil with weeds, it grows. And the seed that lands on good soil, it grows. In other words, three out of four, the seed grows. The message of the kingdom is that the seed grows. You give it half a chance, it'll grow. Give it a full chance, like good soil, boof, look how it will grow. 
That's the message of the wheat for the sower, probably fail. No! The seed will grow. If we could deal with the rocky bits, if we could get rid of the reeds, that's three out of four. Oh, I see Jesus. We've had, goodness knows how many centuries of, I wonder whether the enemy, wouldn't it, I mean, wouldn't that be a really good tactic of him? Say, no, let the Christians read the Bible, but let them read it wrong. Subtle. So we miss what Jesus is saying. The kingdom grows. It grows out of all proportion. The kingdom goes, we, just, we could do an easy bit. We just sow seed. It's easy. Sow seed, sow seed, sow seed. That's easy. And God does the impossible bit. But he does. Seed grows. Here's the, here's the second thing about that, that heading. The parable of the sower. It's like, it's like sowing is a specialist activity. Oh, great, God's got a sower. He's appointed a sower, brilliant. Don't think that's me, actually. So. And, and very subtly, we sort of think, yeah, who, who's the kind of, who are the people who do the sowing? Well, it's, it's the kind of, you know, it's the Pat and the Tim and the ordain. It's the, it's the minister, that's what they do. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a school teacher, I'm a doctor, I'm a health worker, I, I, I work in the finance industry. That, I, that's, where I, that's what I do. They're the, let's leave the, they're the, because it's, look, parable of the sower, it's a specialist. But I, as I pointed out earlier, Nowhere in the story does Jesus even mention a sower. So I'd like to know why they even put it in the title. Verse 3, if we see what Jesus actually said, told them many things in parables. A farmer went out to sow his seed. It's a farmer. Lots of farmers. Not a specialist thing. A farmer. One of many. And I want to say, if it's not too much of a stretch of interpretation, that actually each of you and I, in different ways, we're called to be farmers. We're called to tend and to steward and see things grow in our own lives and in our uh, families and friendship groups. If we have responsibilities at work in our teams and so on, we're called to, to farm, to steward. Every single one of us. There's no kind of specialism here. Some will sow here, some will sow there, but all of us are called to sow. It's not, a, it's not an elitist thing or a specialist thing. And when we sow, don't forget, we're sowing seed that is just primed, it's created to grow. Just as an aside, the path, yeah, where the seed just bounces and, the, and it doesn't take root and the birds come and nick it, what is the path? Actually, I'd want to suggest it's just good soil that's been trampled down. Even the path, if someone came and ploughed it, if someone came and dug it up, even the path, that's four out of four, that's 100%, that's growth. But that's conjecture, Jesus didn't tell that, so that's just him, so strike it from the record, but I'm just for what it's worth. What about, what's the seed? What's the seed? Well, what's interesting about this parable is that a lot of the parables that Jesus told had people scratching their heads and they, what does he mean? I don't know what I mean. What's the meaning of that? Often the disciples will say, Jesus, what did you mean with that story? And uh, enigmatically, you know, the gospel writers, they don't supply us with the, often with the meaning. We have to kind of work it out, except for two Parables that Jesus tells, recorded in the Gospels. The one of the weeds in this later on in this chapter, and this one. And both those two have an interpretation. Now, I didn't read the interpretation. You can read it in your own time or in your life groups later on this week when, when we look at this. But it's there from um, verse 18. 
page 926 at the bottom. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When people hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed is the message about the kingdom. The seed is the message about the kingdom. Or in Mark and Luke's version of this story, they, they both refer to the seed as the word of God. And John in his gospel, in, in John, John chapter 1, he, he kind of nicknames Jesus the word. So the seed is the message of the kingdom. It's the word of God, which is Jesus. He is the good news. He is the message. He is what we sow. And that's why, do you notice, if you, if just again, if you look carefully at the, the way in which the text has been translated deliberately, it is the seed. The farmer sows his seed. And then let's just look at uh, verse 4. As he was scattering the seed, singular, definite article and singular, not just any seed, and not, not seeds. It, it's quite important. See, the seed is... The good news of the king and his kingdom. The seed is the salvation of the saviour. The saviour. There are not many saviours. There's not loads of kingdoms. It's not like we've got a choice of philosophies and religious ideas, a kind of spiritual gloop, and we kind of choose what works best for us. No, Jesus is telling a story about the kingdom which comes about through the sowing of the seed. Not lots of seeds. You think it's scattered... The, the farmer is scattering lots of the seed. Not lots of seeds. Not lots, hey guys, here's loads of ideas. Here's loads of things to discuss and debate. Mm, interesting. I wonder you know, what, what is God like? Let's, let's debate that. Well, actually God has shown us what he's like. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's precisely why Jesus came. So that we could recognize the seed. The good news of the kingdom. So the farmer sows lots and lots and lots of the seed, Jesus Christ, and what it means to know him and to come into full relationship with him, to allow him to transform us. He's, he's the great treasure. He's the great prize. And it's God who's paid the price. God has given up everything for us so that we can claim the treasure, Jesus. That's the great news of the kingdom. The seed is the good news of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus, this, this story, in essence, in a nutshell, is basically when ordinary people like you and me, farmers, when we scatter the seed liberally and abundantly, making the most of every opportunity, it will grow. And when it hits good soil, it will grow abundantly. God will make it grow out of all proportion to what we could possibly ask or imagine. That's the vision of the kingdom. That's the vision of this church. That we will, in obedience with this story, we'll live this story, we'll climb inside it, we will be the farmers, we'll take what we understand of the good news of Jesus Christ, the seed, and we will sow the seed liberally, as often as we can. We'll be as strategic as we can. That's why Simon Warner is coming, we're not just a scatter, well, who are we and where are we and where is the best soil? 
let's try and get our sort of, what does he call it, a cost-benefit analysis. I don't know what that is, but no doubt I'm going to learn. And, and when I do, that's what we'll do, so that we can hit as much good soil as possible, so that the seed has maximum chance to grow, way out of all proportion. By the way, a little, I think the enemy blinded me to the reading of this. For many, many years, I confess, I read this, and 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, and I read that as 100%. I was never very good at maths. And I, but 100% is, is kind of a, a complete, it's a doubling, isn't it? It's a complete doubling of what you have. And I read it, as, and I thought, wow, amazing. I mean, you, you would too. If, I, if you gave me some money and I promised to get 100% return on it, you'd, you'd take that, wouldn't you? But Jesus isn't, the kingdom isn't that. It's not 100%, it's 100 times. I, did, I, had a, I had a kind of aha moment. I thought, oh, yes. The kingdom is so much more than even I thought. And I thought it was good. Way, way beyond any of our kind of economic systems. Way beyond, it just because this is God at work. What does this look like for us here? What's what's our vision? Because I'd argue that this is the vision of every church. You go to a church in India, you go to a church in China, you go to a church in South America, and and pretty much they ought to be distilling that parable, relative, commensurate to their surroundings and context and so on, in pretty much the same way. But what about us here? What I want to put to you, if you're, maybe you're, I don't know who who you are, but but maybe you're wondering, what is these about? You've been here for a little while and you're trying to work it out. Or maybe, maybe you are new and you're thinking, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of committing here, I'm thinking of, sort of you know, getting stuck in, but what does that look like? I'll tell you why I think we're unique here. I think we have universal opportunities within a local context. I think we have opportunities to sow seed wherever and however God has made you to sow seed. I really don't think there's any limitation on how any of you could be the farmer sowing seed. We're not in that sense a particular sort of struck by our, our geography or our demography or our kind of economic profile. I know, I know some people think, well, Parsons Green, that's quite posh. But actually, if you look at the, if you look at the um, indices of uh, 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 what's it, deprivation, uh, and they do on every single ward in the country. And we come about two-thirds down the list. Yes, there's lots of wealth here, but there's also loads of poverty within our, our very parish. We have two social housing estates. One of them is kind of okay. One, in my time here, there have been two drug-related murders. Right on our doorstep. We have the whole gamut. You want to you minister and, and witness to rich bankers in million-pound houses? It's right here for you. If you want to minister in some of the... I've been to one or two visits where that unbelievable deprivation, squalor, poverty. And, and they are cheek by jowl with each other. You, wherever you want to sow seed, there is an opportunity for you to sow seed right, right here. That's the thing. You don't have to go. I don't think you have to go to you know, a particular part of London or a particular part of the country or a particular part of the world. It's all here. That's what I love about ministering in London. What I love about ministering here. So, for example, if I, just to whet your appetite with some of the things that are going on and some of the things that are starting up as God inspires seed sowing. Just with the schools, and I, I recognise that not everyone here is, is, some of you, you couldn't wait to get out of school, don't make me go back again. I, yeah, cool, but 
Kensington Prep, just is the school at the top there. And the head is a raving Christian. She goes to New Wine every year. And uh, she's invited me in to go and do the Harvest Festival. This morning, off the back of the talk this morning, one of the mums who, whose kids go to that school came up to me and said, do you think it would be a good idea if I invited all the parents in my class to come to Alpha? <laughs> what do you think I said? <laughs> That's see, isn't that seed saying? Some will be on hard ground, some will be the birds of sat, some of the sky, but who knows if there aren't a number where the seed lands. But she, not much, she had a bigger vision. I said, great, your class. Where you're so, she said, but because you know the head, and the head's the Christian, what about if you ask the head to invite all the parents? You, I mean, just letting you know, you don't have to be involved in that if you don't want to, but actually, if they all come on Alpha, we're going to need some helpers. Uh, meanwhile, Macy, who you know is working with us here, she's linking up with Catherine Miller, who uh, comes, worships here, but she works part-time for the Bishop of Kensington and part-time for St. Matthew's uh, Wands of Bridge Road, a kind of neighbouring parish. So we're working together, Macy and Catherine, with a little a new emerging youth group. I think they've called it, there's Catherine over there, I think it's called um, Mosaic. Is that right, Catherine? Mosaic, yeah, thumbs up, but it's called Mosaic. So we're, getting, we're combining the youth there and just seeing what will happen, those two together, it's fantastic. Um, Lady Margaret School got a brand new head, she's a Christian. Just new things happening, new opportunities. Again, Macy goes in once a week to help with Youth Alpha uh, there. It, we've got seven schools within a 10 minutes walk. That is hundreds, if, I don't want to exaggerate, but it's hundreds if not thousands of homes where we, through a book bag, we have contact. And if we're winning trust through these invitations, if we're building relationships, if, if you like, ploughing the soil, is, is it not just more likely that more seed will go into fertile soil, take root and grow? Imagine. That's, that's what's already happening. We've got, the, I, I probably haven't got time to, I'd love, I could tell you story after story of stuff that is happening, of kind of soil that's being ploughed, of seed that's going in and shoots beginning to rise up. We've got some people in our five o'clock congregation here who are really keen and called and committed to, to reach the other end of the sort of age profile. We want to reach the seniors, the 60s, 70s, 80s, particularly those who live on their own or are housebound or who maybe go through a whole week without meeting one single human voice face to face. It's maybe just the phone or someone through the door. And the struggle is that we all live in our context here and they are in there and we, 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 we're struggling to find the go-betweens. So the other day, I, I talked with someone who wants to get married. They're in their 50s, and she lives on, um, in Dairy Close, just up there. But before she was in Dairy Close, she lived all her life in Sullivan Court. And she said, I, I know everyone in Sullivan Court. What? Well, I, don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you know Sullivan Court, but it's quite a big estate. And the, the interesting thing that makes it really hard is that there isn't one communal centre. So everyone kind of tucks themselves away in their... It's really hard to get to know people. So I know, so I know a few people on Sullivan Court, so I thought, I'll test this out. So I said, well, do you know so-and-so? And do you know so-and-so? And you know? Lo and behold, she gave me the whole life story of all these people. She knew them. I thought, you're, you're genuine. You, you, <laughs> you know these people. Well, yeah, to be fair, she's grown up with them. There's, there's, there is our woman of peace between the desire and the vision and, and the people we're longing to meet. She can be the go-between. It, it feels like we've got the tinder and that's the spark. Ba-boom. Or, sorry, back to the seed, soil, crop. 
the, there's, um, yeah. There's, the, it, these are actual things within our locality, but there are, there are kind of networks, there are things that don't need to be limited by our locality. So there's a little group that meets around an interest, a passion in God's heart for justice. Uh, particularly, they've been touched in some way, shape or form with um, international justice, min- justice ministries. Um, and uh, there's a conference coming up at St. Paul's Hammersmith, just up the way, the 10th of October. And uh, a number of us, I think there's a group of 15, 20, are going to go to that. They, these guys meet up, they've just got a heart for, for God's justice. Again, I was talking about this this morning, and someone came up and said, I'd love, I'd love to, can I get involved with that group? Yes, of course you can. There's another group that um, are going to go, a number of people are going to go to um, the Mind and Soul Conference, Will Vanderhart, I think I mentioned it recently, and it's, uh, that's on the 3rd of October, again at St. Paul's Hammersmith, it's a Saturday, and just looking at the whole, all sorts of issues around stress, anxiety, uh, mental health, big issue. Statistically, there'll be a number of us here who wrestle with that. Uh, and so people with a real heart, to, can, we, can, we, can we kind of help people to meet Jesus within that realm? within the whole area of our mental health or within the whole realm of justice. There's a, another group that are meeting up to go deeper into the things of the spirit. So again, it, it's not limited by geography, it's not limited by age, it's just we want, we're hungry for more of God. Or sporting interest. I love that our, we had a mixed netball team. Yeah, <laughs> Pat was one of our star uh, players and, um, until he got an injury. <laughs> Uh, and we, kind of the first few games, apparently, we, we, I think the first game we didn't score a basket or goal or whatever, and then we didn't do too well, apparently. And everyone said, oh, Christian group, yeah, yeah. Then we started winning, didn't we? And then by the end, where did we finish? Then Jess was our sort of team captain this time, and it's been taken over by uh, uh, Francesca Dalton. And where, did we, where did we come in the league? I think we Moving on. Moving on. But we were a presence. Okay, okay, that's seed on the path, that's seed on the path. No, but we're going to do it again, we're going to do it again, we're getting out there, light, in this, in this league, all around here, meeting people. They won't come in here, we go out to them. There's a cycling groups just started up, I think it was about 12 or 15, literally over the summer, social media, boom, boom, who wants to do this? It's called Holy Spokes. ching. <laughs> you like cycling? Great. Just join in. And I, I know two or three people who aren't yet in the church that go to the gym that I go. They're big into cycling. I say, would you, you know, would you like to come to a church service? No, not really. Would you like to come for a bike ride? We're going to Box Hill. Yeah. Oh, suddenly you see opportunities for us to sow seed. All of these things. Key, key warning here. Key thing. The seed. It's not. The seed is not church. The seed is not alpha. The seed is not the rugby events or carol services or coming on a bike ride. That's not the seed. Those are means to the end. Those are ways in which we can sow the seed. If we invite people to come to church, we'll just convert them to church. Oh, heaven forbid. But if we invite them to church so that they can meet Jesus, there's the possibility. The seed is the good news of Jesus. There's the possibility that in coming to church or coming to Alpha or going on a bike ride or playing netball or connecting around mental health and and all that kind of stuff, whatever it might be, there's a chance in all those different ways that we can connect people with Jesus. That's the vision. Because when the seed of Jesus gets sown in the heart of an individual, Jesus says it can produce a crop 30, 60 a hundred times what is sown. 
We're going to celebrate communion in just a, a moment. But it may be you, you think all of this stuff, and you, you hear this, and you read the story, and you think, yes, Tim, yes, Tim. But I, Monday morning's looming, and work, and uh, social life, and uh, there's so many, there's so much stuff, and I just... I just, if I'm honest, I just don't feel that I, I can really make a difference. I don't feel that if I plug in really, I've got much. My little seed, it, nothing will happen. The odds are against me. The odds are against it, Franny. Maybe some of you feeling, you know what, this church stuff and this Christian stuff, I don't know. The, the odds are so heavily stacked against. What, what kind of odds? 500 to 1 odds? Recognize those odds? Sorry, we're back on the rugby. Those were the odds on Japan beating South Africa. 500 to 1, no chance, no chance. And with a few minutes to go, just check it on, get it on YouTube. Watch the last few minutes of that game. They go into the 83rd minute and they get a penalty that would make the scores level. No one gives them a chance against South Africa and you get a penalty so you can draw with South Africa. And they don't take it because they want to win. They want to beat South Africa. They don't want just a draw. The odds stacked against them, and they go for it. And they do it. They win in the 83rd minute over the try line, and they win. Guinness don't miss a trick. And in their advertising the very next morning, can we have that, the picture of the Guinness advert? Oh. (laughs) I love that. No, I'm sorry, I know it's, I, sorry, I haven't had a chance to make it, but, but there is the Japanese team in a huddle at the top, and underneath, the, 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 the strap line is, could have settled, dot, 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 instead went for history. Could have settled. Could have settled. Do you want that on your gravestone? Could have settled. Lived a safe life. Nice, kind of didn't ruffle too many feathers. Got through. Wasn't too embarrassed. Didn't take too many risks. Could have settled. Or do you want to change history? And you think, oh, that's a pretty easy boast here. And a, well, one tiny seed a hundred times. The seed grows. Jesus wants it to grow. You don't know what one word, one act of kindness, one way in which you are at work or at home, how you change one relationship, you don't know. Albert McMakin. Who's ever heard of Albert McMakin? But he's the guy who inv- invited an 18-year-old roughneck in the States last century to go to a rally. And at the end of the rally, that young hothead walked down the front and gave his life to Jesus Christ. No one's heard of Albert McMakin. Insignificant guy, but everyone's heard of the 18-year-old. He's called Billy Graham. You don't know what one little invite, what one little word said, what one little act, you don't know what it will do. A hundred times. All of this, a response. We'll want to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a communion, maybe we'll have a song, have we got time for a song maybe before communion? Because we just want to, oh God, oh God, I'm, I'm just a farmer, I'm here with my seed, but you can multiply it. And, and it may be in the way in which you serve at work already, in the way in which you, you kind of, you're ministering and missioning and all these things, you may want to plug into this church in all sorts of ways to give your time and your talents and your energy and your imagination, your creativity, because it is extraordinary as I look out at every single one of you, those of you that I know. I'm looking forward to getting to know those of you that I don't. Just as part of our Vision Sunday, and we, we don't do this, please, if you're visiting or new, we don't do this every, every week. We hardly do this at all. In fact, members of my PCC say, please, will you do this more often? My treasurer is there, batting me. But would you consider giving financially? 
Because you see, we have James here who's going to, the, the, the worship is only going to grow. And we have Catherine here. Catherine is going to become acquainted with this visitation document. <laughs> the great thing is, you see, Catherine is skilled to do visitation documents in a way that Pat and I aren't, which releases us to do the things we are skilled to do. And Simon's going to come on to help us identify what our strategy is and then help us to implement it so that we can be even more efficient sowers of the seed. And as beautiful and as godly as they are, they are not going to do it for free. Uh, so we don't get any money from the state, we don't get any money from the central church. In fact, actually, we have to pay money to the central church. Out of, we're happy to do that. It's part of our giving. But we need to support these guys. We want to support these guys so that together we can support one another so that we can see this vision become reality. You with us? You're keeping it a secret. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Why don't we stand together? Let's stand. Uh, just on the tables, 